All right. Hello, LinkedIn and YouTube. Thank you so much for joining our live session this morning. I'm really excited to bring back a guest that we had a few months ago. Uh, Differentiate Consulting is going to join us today along with Click and Secupy to talk about addressing the risk of bad actors having access to your data. I really want to know where people are tuning in from. I think it's always interesting to hear the diverse audience that we're getting into the session. So definitely, as you're joining, let us know where you're tuning in from. And if you'd like the conversation, feel free to share, comment, like, ask questions, and so forth. All right. At this point, I'm actually going to bring Donna Hopkins up on the virtual stage here. Hello, Donna. Hello. Hello. Thanks, Kate. I'm delighted to be here on November the 5th, otherwise known as Guy Fawkes Night in, in the UK, which we'll cover in a bit. Yes, thanks for that. So I, I, up until about a week or two ago, I'd never heard of Guy Fawkes, but I did some, re I know, it's like I live under a rock, but apparently it's a big deal for the UK. So do you want to just tell people briefly what, what is Guy Fawkes and how this relates to the session? Okay, well, um, without giving everyone too much of a, a history lesson, um, Guy Fawkes is someone that some people in the UK, not everyone I must admit, but some every, some people in the UK refer to him as a, a bad actor um, uh, because he and a, a group of people and scrupulous characters uh, attempted to assassinate King James I way back in, in 1605 and overturn Parliament. Uh, and there was some blood, death, murder, kill, all that kind of stuff. I, I encourage people to look it up for themselves, but it'll all become more clear as we go through the session today as to why that's relevant. Absolutely. Thank you. I know you and I spoke uh, several times already, but for those who are not familiar with, uh, you know, yourself, Donna, or the friendship consulting, can you please provide uh, some background? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, differential consulting are an uh, elite click partner foremost. We're based in the UK since 2002 um, and we had a strong ERP heritage being an Oracle Gold partner um, and it was that partnership actually that led us to become a, a tech partner because a lot of our ERP customers needed uh, a more advanced reporting solution or uh, the ability for cross-system reporting. Um, we were ideally placed with so many customers and a partnership with Click then to, to implement some solutions for them. And it, it's grown from there. Um, we've been an elite partner now for 10 years with, with Click. I myself have been with the company for eight years, so I can't pretend that it's me that made us elite, but I've certainly helped keep us there. <laughs> we, um, I'm head of customer care, so I look after all of our customers and make sure that they're aware of all of the solutions. Like, Today, this is one of the solutions that we're taking out to our customers, but I also make sure that they're, they're being looked after. Not me, myself. We've got so many customers, I couldn't do that all by myself. I've got a team of people that help me with that. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, so, someone mentioned that there's a crazy echo happening. I'm, I'm wondering if it's on your side or my side, but I will maybe grab a mic. Well, um, I'm going to ask you another question while you answer that. I'm going to go grab a mic to hopefully avoid the echo. It seems like there's uh, an issue, but so uh, Donna, how's Differentiate Consulting been dealing with the pandemic? I'm not sure if you heard there's a pandemic going on, guys. Um, most companies are affected, so I wanted to know how you guys are dealing with that. 
Yeah, well, we've been really fortunate, mainly because of the, the work that we do and how we set up. We were really able to rapidly adapt to working from home and, and not just adapt ourselves, but actually we've been able to help a lot of our customers adapt to working from home as well and implement the security that they, they needed to be able to do that safely and um, uh, with, with you know lower risk. Um, we've been offering virtual training. So nearly all of our services we've been able to offer remotely or virtually anyway. Um, there's only been a very select few, um, maybe public sector clients where you absolutely have to be on site in a in a, a box with eight footballs and that kind of thing where you're absolutely not going to get any access to their systems. So um, so only when it's absolutely necessary have we had to be on site. Everything else has been business as usual. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's that's really great. And hopefully this uh, eliminated echo. So Scott Miller, let us know if there's still an echo. Um, that's great that it's been business as usual. I know a lot of companies can't really say the same. Um, so who, who exactly would be your ideal customer, right? Who can you actually help? And do you focus on specific uh, industries, regions? Um, what's your focus area? So whilst most of our customers are in the UK, um, we've got over 500 customers globally, we've got a lot of customers in Europe, we've got some customers in the, the US and we're, we're pretty sector agnostic because we've got such a large team, each of whom bring uh, sector experience with them. We can work with everyone from public sector to retail manufacturing, we work with media. Um, so there, there isn't really an ideal sector and in terms of customer size as well we've got um we've got customers everyone from you know just a, a one-man band who needs the reporting solution to help them with their little sole trader business right through to thousands and thousands of users across the world yeah okay so i know today we're going to be bringing in uh, your partners, SecuPy and Click. And I just wanted to maybe get a bit of background about how did that partnership come about and how do you guys go to market together? Okay, so um, being head of customer care for over 500 customers, I get to talk to customers, not just about what we're doing for them, but the the other challenges that they might have across the business as a whole. and. With, with everything moving so quickly, everyone modernizing or attempting to modernize so quickly, uh, with that comes the question of security. And it, it's not a case of just putting up firewalls and things anymore. There's there's a lot more to it, especially with regulations like GDPR and, um, and the pandemic, if I'm honest. This, this year has really seen, um, not just in the UK, I've been keeping an eye on it globally, but there have been relentless attacks on organisations um, where these bad actors, as we say, have been targeting or exploiting any of the vulnerabilities that people have had to take during the pandemic to get people set up at home as quickly as possible to, to continue working. Um, so where Secupy comes into that is Whenever we're talking to customers and we're identifying trends and patterns, we're their trusted partner. So even though security isn't really the core of what Differentiate started off to do and set out to do, um, we do help our customers. They're, they'll approach us for all sorts of things and we'll do our best then to, to put together a solution. We'll go and approach lots of different vendors, lots of different 
technologies to find what we class as best of breed solution. And in this case, the relationship with, with Click and Secupy and just the simplicity of the technology, but how powerful the technology is, uh, it's perfect. It's a perfect partnership. I'm not going to take steal too much away from the main show and from the other people that we've got on today. Um, but yeah, I think by the time we reach the, the end of the presentation and the conversation, uh, people will see why this is a, a match made in heaven. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Dana. So we do have a question uh, here from SD. So what is the objective of this meeting? What are we trying to get out of the session? Um, well, I just wanted to tell you all about Guy Fawkes. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to, I'm a complete fraud as a head of customer care. I'm non-technical at all. But what I did really, really want to do is start talking um, about more of the detailed um, steps we need to take to make it sure that data is, is secure end-to-end. -end. And like I said, that's not just putting up firewalls and saying why everyone outside cannot access this it's about actually making that data useless if there if there was a breach or some sort of ransomware attack anything like that it make it completely completely useless to these bad actors um, and and talk about some of the issues people are seeing we've got some really fantastic people on the on the session today who are immersed um, just, just like me in in the customer world and we get to to find out all of these issues people are seeing when it comes to um, new types of attacks. You know, it's evolving just as fast as the technology to, to address the risk and, and keep data secure is evolving. So are the, the types of attacks that you can see as well. So it's hopefully we can explore a bit more about what we're seeing as we get through. Awesome, thank you for that. Donna, you mentioned we're gonna have some uh, really cool guests, and I think I'm actually going to bring one of them up on the virtual stage right now. We've got Nicole Mehta from Differentiate Consulting. Hello, Nicole. Hi, kid. Hi, kid. How's, How are you? How, how's it going? Yeah, all good. All good. All good. Excited well, to be on the first LinkedIn live session. So all good. <laughs> I think I'm the first. Uh, I'm, 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 I provide a lot of guests on for their first LinkedIn live sessions. I really like being. Uh, being the first experience for people, so hopefully right. you're you're having uh, you're having fun. I know you just joined; you were sitting backstage. But yeah. um, Nicole, can you provide a, an introduction and tell people a little bit more about yourself? Yep, yeah, sure. I'm uh, working with Differentia Consulting as a service delivery manager. Uh, I majorly work with uh, Click platform architecture, uh, helping customers implement and adopt Click, and mm -hmm. also help them with third-party integrations and solution. So I think one of the uh, focus areas for us, uh, as Donna mentioned, has been to constantly improve the security posture for our customers when dealing with sensitive data. And I guess uh, the partnership with Secupy and Click uh, are certainly helping that cause. So yeah, uh, I'll be helping them, helping the customers integrating this solution. Awesome. Thank, thank you for that. Actually, at this point, I'm going to bring in the rest of our guests, uh, Michael and Atalia. I'm going to bring you up to the virtual stage. There you are. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kate. Hi, everybody. Hello. Thank you for being here. So, Atalia, you're here from Secupy, and Michael, you're here from Click. Um, and I know Donna and Nicole had provided a, a bit of an overview of what we're going to cover today. But, Atalia, do you want to get started and just tell us a little bit more about yourself and about Secupy? 
Sure. So I'm Natalia, uh, Director of Sales Engineering and Alliances uh, for Secupy uh, in almost uh, the last one and a half years. Um, I have 10 years experience in security, IT, uh, government and military. And Secupy, as you will see in the coming uh, a few minutes, uh, Secupy is a leading company, uh, first uh, industry combined of uh, governance, remediation and privacy. And we are uh, we were founded uh, around um, I think six seven years ago. We started a lot in Europe. Uh, we learned a lot from uh, GDPR in Europe, and you will see in the coming concerns how this is all aligned together. And we have a very sophisticated approach how to to face with all the challenges that we will uh, face with later on. Okay, thank you, thank you for that, Atalia. Uh, Michael, do you want to tell us about Click? Yeah, well, and about yourself. <laughs> yeah. so I'm Michael. I work in uh, Click Strategic Alliances organization. My role is to research and guide the uh, product integrations created by our technology partners. The uh, And Secupy has been one of my main focus areas for the last few months. Uh, Click itself, uh, for those who don't know, is obviously yeah, it's highly regarded by, by Bart and Gartner, uh, data analytics and data visualization product. Uh, and for the last in the last couple of years, we've also added uh, data integration tools to our portfolio. Awesome. I can't wait to hear how all the three companies have come together uh, to serve, serve the market. I know you're going to walk through some uh, examples of how all this works. Um, at this point, Donna, do you want to just tell us a little bit more, kind of set the stage of what is the you know core proposition of, of bringing this whole group together? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I won't take too much away from the, the big reveal. And there's, there's also a wider capability as well that um, Italia is going to be covering on hers. But what I will say is that Differentia has been working specifically on a Secupy for QVDs solution that just for our click customers. Um, so that's the, I suppose, the one thing that's the core proposition for Differentia. But we wanted Italia and, and um, Michael to be on the call today because there's so much more to it. And we'd like to give them the opportunity to showcase that as well. Awesome. Thank you. So, uh, Mr. Robert Shaw, Michael, right. yeah. we've got bad actors in the world. So I suppose, yeah, who are they and why are they of concern? They, um, I think as more and more organizations are going through I mean, marketing call it the digital transformation uh, increasing the adoption of cloud technologies people are if not moving their systems of record into cloud databases they're moving more and more of their data analytics capabilities and their, the data storage into cloud databases this may create uh, another vector of attack another level of exposure for those organizations uh, that they're concerned about um, the those concerns are not just the external actors either. Uh, people who, if they manage to get into access to that external database, could get at your corporate information. There's elements of governance about people inside your organization who shouldn't necessarily have access to that data anyway. Uh, so it's it's not just a cloud-oriented problem. The uh, I think the the why is uh, is a fear of consequence. Uh, GDPR and in North America the uh, CCPA have sort of a big stick element to them uh, and you know, companies that don't t make efforts to protect uh, personally identifiable and other sensitive information can be kind of punished um, reputationally or even financially uh, so there's a, yeah, a bit of you know, some negative motivation to be addressing these problems yeah absolutely i know negative motivation can be really great motivator for a lot of companies, right? The fear of fines and getting in trouble with GDPR and CCPA. What are some of the maybe 
positive motivations? What are some of the carrots? Not yeah, the, uh, the, uh, as people adopt increasingly cloud-based data storage, they are able, they're enabling external SaaS and machine learning tools to be able to you know, derive more information, more value from their data that might not be accessible to them on-premise. Uh, there's a huge opportunity there in making your internal data accessible in a controlled and secured way so that maybe you know, dimensional data is available, but not that personally identifiable information that shouldn't be relevant to an external tool if it's provided with access to your corporate data. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so why we, why do we need to protect our data, right? What, what kind of data are we protecting? Is it all data? Is it specific types of data? Uh, that's going to come down, I suppose, to the individual organization. But uh, I, in my opinion, things like uh, dimensional data, you know, what country or city um, or maybe gender somebody's uh, is who's performing a, a transaction, buying a product, these are not very important or delicate uh, details. So why not be able to produce some analytics across those dimensions? Uh, the fact that uh, somebody who was you know, female with red hair in the UK bought $1,000 worth of, of something, <laughs> you know, beautiful clocks. Um, the, you know, this is not a delicate or revealing sort of fact, um, but an actual name and address, uh, the credit card number they used to perform that transaction. These things are, are sensitive and shouldn't be made available. Uh, I think uh, Kimber would probably call these uh, data elements degenerate dimensions. They're not things you would aggregate or sort or filter by, but they're things that could be interesting when you need to get deeper detail of a transaction for some forensic reason. So they're going to be stored, but they shouldn't be generally available. Yeah, so why is it? Why do you think it's so difficult for companies to protect their PII? Um, can't they just lock it up somewhere in a box and not give anybody access? Yeah, maybe I mean, with a lot of effort in your data management, you could sort of split off that personally identifiable information so that it wasn't available to your analytics people. But then yeah. some analytics people have a legitimate need to access that data. Um, I might, during my demo, even demonstrate one of those use cases. Uh, I think if you just simply try to encrypt that sensitive data. Uh, what might have been, say, uh, an eight-character social security number or a 10-character uh, credit card number suddenly turns into a 50-character string. And it may not be practical or possible to actually store that in your analytics database. Uh, there are other approaches that, that for example, SecuPy provide around format-preserving encryption. This is much simpler and much easier to do with much less impact on your ETL processes or the shape and structure of the target databases. Uh, okay, that. yeah, yeah, Thank, thanks for that. Uh, Atali, I'd love to hear your perspectives from a cybersecurity side of, of this issue. Sure, so Michael uh, elaborated some of the biggest challenges and I can share uh, why customers coming and asking SecuPy for help uh, and what are those challenges really? So first from our name, uh, SecuPy is secure personal information. And Michael uh, spoke about that, about the personal information uh, data. And the main uh, goal of customers today is to find this single pane of glass because today you're managing data all over the place. It can be on your premises, in cloud environment, and so many people are getting access to the data from so many different locations and time, etc. And the big challenge is how you can apply those uh, privacies, governance and remediations concern in a singular location for yeah. operation wise, right? How, how do I comply with uh, GDPR and CCPA without getting all those um, funds of, of not complying those regulations? 
So this is the main reason of uh, our customers coming to Secupy to look for this uh, single uh, pane of glass to protect and control all the data. Awesome, thank you for that. So uh, Atalia, I'm just curious, who have been kind of the most, and you don't have to name names here, but the most kind of popular customers for Secupy? Good question. So basically every company that has sensitive data um, can be potential customer of Secupy, um, financial uh, industries, telco, um, retail, uh, healthcare, etc. Yeah. It can be uh, PII, PHI, PCI data, both on premise and cloud. And with all those challenges that Michael said earlier about cloud uh, environments, yeah, there you need even to to apply more safeguards on your data. Mm -hmm. And um, and this is a, I guess a question to the to the general panel here, but do you guys feel that clients are more taking more actions because of the potential consequences or because of the potential benefits of securing their data? I think it's the combination. Yeah. I think there is a, the immediate factor around the, the fear-based motivation. Uh, the hype cycle would indicate yeah. that the potential to use machine learning and artificial intelligence uh, hosted outside your organization, across your organizational data, that's that's coming. I don't know if, I think a lot of organizations are still acquiring mindshare and they're still a little bit afraid to use those technologies or they're not ready to organizationally. But uh, this is one of the necessary preparations for it. Okay, yeah, thanks for that. So for those who have um, joined us live, I actually see, just gonna look into the comments. Uh, Adrian is here saying he cannot wait to find out how to make his data say, hey, Adrian, uh, we've got Susan Walsh, who's late to the party. She's joined us now. So hello, Susan. Um, another comment here from Adrian saying that UK ICO has made uh, recent fines up to 25 million to companies that have PII data subject to attack. Yeah, so I guess there's some motivation to to get your your PII protected. Um, if you guys have questions, go ahead and feel free to jump in and ask the panel. Um, at this point, Michael, I know you wanted to show us something. Are you ready to to present? Yeah, sure. I'm gonna throw up my slide there. Yep, find there it is. Visual cue is quite handy. My favorite tool of trade would be a whiteboard marker, but you know that's not going to work here. The uh, <laughs> so this diagram kind of restates the the kind of the problem itself you have organizations with a lot of uh, transactional systems systems of record there on the bottom left um, if they're adopting cloud storage technology or even non-cloud uh, they're going to have to etl that data into that storage platform uh, where it may become exposed to bad actors you can see the anonymous picture there who's uh, the mask that's taken from guy fawkes himself um, if those storage platforms, I mean, all of them provide some level of encryption these days. For example, Snowflake uh, will heavily encrypt the data that's uploaded into it in S3 buckets. And if you manage to get access to those S3 buckets, you're not going to find anything useful. Um, but if you legitimately or you know, non-legitimately manage to get uh, authentication to credentials to access that database, and the database holds the keys for that encryption, then you're going to get access to the data. So the uh, bring your own key approach to securing data anywhere only provides physical level protection of the data assets. It doesn't provide any real logical protection. The, uh, as, and here I can show that data is then being pulled through to other, you know, any kind of analytics tool. These would be the legitimate access path instead of that uh, anonymous character in the top left. The, uh, 
ways we can then mitigate that risk would be, for example, to use, and I just need to go to my next slide. The, I'll just go, oops. Yeah. The, um, the data has been encrypted before it gets delivered to that cloud storage platform. And the key used to encrypt or protect that data uh, isn't in the physical storage platform, the, sto the, the cloud database or the cloud platform. Then you, know, you have full control. If somebody gets access to your cloud storage, uh, sure, they're going to be able to see the maybe the gender and location of the customers, but shouldn't be able to see their name, their address details, credit card details, because that's all been encrypted in a way that they can't decrypt by simply connecting to the database. Click Replicate, it's a real-time data integration tool. It uh, supports batch loads and change data capture so that you know, transactions are replicated as they occur in the systems of record into the analytics database. Secupy developed a plugin, an add-on for that, that provides the ability to protect data before it's even delivered to the target. Then on the analytics side, both Click and you know, any other vendor, you can see a couple of well-known logos there, can retrieve that data through uh, a Secupy component. It intercepts the uh, SQL queries and decrypts the data uh, before it's delivered to the analytics tier. Uh, and Michael, sorry to interrupt, but why is it important to encrypt it before it's delivered? Yeah, there's not much point in uh, replicating your, your transactional data as is straight up yeah. into the cloud and then trying to encrypt it later. It's already arrived into a vulnerable location. So mm -hmm. I think it should be encrypted even as it's maybe copied uh, as is, like a, a replication database, a staging database. You can do your transformations and dimensionalization and uh, reorganizing the data to make it analytics ready in that cloud storage, but the source data that, that the cloud storage is working with should be protected before it gets there. Okay, and then yeah. whenever I see something red, it always calls my attention. So your prior slide said BYOK, this slide says HYOK. Do you wanna just tell people what what does the what's the acronym stand for? The acronym is one that comes from Secupy themselves, but uh, distinguished between bring your own key, where you might have you know, had your own key and you provide it to your your uh, cloud storage partner, versus hold your own key. So mm. the cloud storage partner doesn't have the key. The nobody who's got direct access to that environment, like the systems administrators or even somebody with direct ODBC connectivity, can extract anything meaningful from the protected fields. Okay. In this case, the the key is being held on-premise, uh, completely under your control. The uh, the SecuPy component you can see here in Click Replicate uh, is interacting with the key on-premise and using it to protect the data before it's delivered. Similarly, your sort of on-premise or other BI tools implemented in, say, a virtual private cloud uh, can leverage the same key uh, in the uh, the components that intercept the SQL queries, uh, decrypting and unprotecting the data as it's delivered uh, to the BIT or retrieved into the BIT. Okay. Okay. Secupy uh, offer, and Natalia will go into much more detail about it soon, uh, levels of governance and uh, selective uh, access and authorization in that tier as well. So you've got more control, more governance over who can see the data and who shouldn't. So. It's not like everybody in your organization should be able to see all the transactional data. Maybe only uh, people in customer support need to see that data and everybody else only needs to aggregate. Yeah, absolutely. I know we always talk about uh, data democratization and that everyone should be able to see all the data at all times, but I'm, in the, I'm on the island where I believe that the right data needs to be seen by the right people. And I think this goes a long way in helping that um, happen. Actually, there, fully um, 
Yeah, I fully agree that uh, you can't make an informed decision unless you've got access to all the relevant data. Um, so hiding data from people doesn't, yeah, doesn't enable an organization. But there is data that people don't need to see. They don't need to know. Uh, yeah, like it's not everyone needs to know everyone's salary, um, as an example. HR right. data, yeah, um, healthcare data, mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. So that, this slide depicts the, how the data can be secured before it's delivered and sort of hints at how it can be uh, sort of made available to the analytics tier for any BI tool. And the next slide I've got shows more specifically that integration with the, the click data analytics tools. So as we used a SecuPy supplied component to encrypt it uh, and protect it on delivery to the cloud database, there's a component where we can retrieve that data in encrypted form directly you know, back into the click tier, keep it encrypted and protected at rest in click documents, and use a SecuPy uh, add-on, a server-side extension, we call it, for the, the ClickView and ClickSense products to decrypt the data as it's presented to the end users. So the data is staying secured at rest at all times. The uh, same component can be used for interacting with QVDs. Uh, QVDs are a click artifact. They represent a single table. Uh, and traditionally, you know, they're basically a table extract with no security model around them. But uh, if the data has been uh, re retrieved into click in a secured form, it can be stored in that same secured form to QVD and decrypted when it's retrieved. For either Michael or Italia, how, how does that actually work? So if I'm using click or you know any of the other BI tools that you mentioned on the prior slide, how does SecuPy kind of connect? Is it an extension or how, how does that work? That's a great question. Um, let me share with you some of my slides about that. Okay. Okay, Michael, you can keep your screen share up and then we'll come we'll come back. Sure. Okay. Go go for it, Italia. So Michael was mentioning some of the capabilities that the SecuPy product apply on Click, uh, but as part of the challenges of a uh, single pane of glass and all those uh, privacy laws regulation and the security concerns, in the SecuPy platform, we have mainly three capabilities. So the first one will be the data monitoring, when we are monitoring all the activity from the user to the database in order to prevent any malicious activity or uh, credential theft internally and also uh, outside of uh, your organization if somebody is trying to hack your system and you would like to be aware about that. Then we are continuing with the data remediation. Uh, there we are applying the data protection itself at rest and in motion, as Michael mentioned earlier, on the column row and field level security with multiple uh, techniques to protect your data. It can be dynamic data masking, uh, FPE functions, even your own uh, techniques. You can apply that into SecuPy. And this is based on purpose-based access control. This is uh, something that Gartner recently uh, defined purpose-based as a combination of role-level security and attribute-based access control. because. We understood that role level security is just not enough, especially with all those privacy laws regulation, which bring me to the last point of the product, which is data governance. Because uh, our solution is based on policies driven and the rules gonna follow the data, you can uh, be comply with regulation very easily with few um, policies and then to, to face with big challenges such as uh, right to be forgotten. How do I erase run record from my database across multiple databases. How do I achieve uh, privacy by design? Um, how can I make sure that, as you mentioned it, Kate, earlier, I'm letting my employees to see the data on a need-to-know basis. 
So to understand exactly uh, how it is look like architecture wise, how we are actually doing it. And this is the beauty of the product, the elegant on this product. So as I mentioned earlier, most of uh, my customers and in general, all the customers, um, we have databases everywhere. In hybrid approach, we call it. You have multiple cloud environments on Azure, AWS, GCP, uh, and you can host their uh, multiple databases. Snowflake, uh, you can have B, uh, BigQuery, Redshift, etc. You might have big datas, you might have traditional databases hosted on your premises on your VPC. And you also run some cataloging and um, discovery tools in order to understand your governance. Where the challenge comes from? The challenge comes when you have multiple data consumers. Those data consumers can be with different roles, usually multiple roles, consume the data um, from multiple locations, from the United States, from uh, Europe, uh, all those privacy regulation laws, multiple times and multiple applications. And this is where the challenge comes. How do I apply this protection on a need to know basis? My consumers can consume the data from various analytics and BI. And if we are focusing on clicks, we have ClickSense, ClickView, as well as my consumers can consume the data from business applications, from native cloud application, and from DDA tools. This is not just the uh, upstream, there is also the downstream level, which is the data integration, ingestion. I need to load the data from various ETL tools. In uh, Click, we have um, uh, Clicker Replicate. And what Securpy does, without touching the database, without doing any code changes, we are applying an enforcement point. Enforcement point on top of the consumers and on the ingestion. This is how we are making sure that every activity from the user to the database going through the Securpy enforcement point. The same for the ingestion. This is how we can control how to um, rewrite the query, how to uh, protect the data on the fly and at rest. We can do that uh, with three main uh, different technologies based on the application and our database, either instrumentation overlay, either gateway, which is just an HTTP proxy. Those will be relevant for um, web applications. And we can even uh, wrap the driver, the driver that is connecting directly to the database. And the same can happen with ingestion. Now you're asking yourself, but how those enforcement points knows um, what to check, how to rewrite the, qu the, the query? Where are those policies getting those policies? Those queries getting the policies from a centralized uh, server. And this is exactly what you saw in the previous slide, the triangle, the Securpy management server that has monitoring, remediation, and governance capability. The server can be deployed either in your premises or in your VPC. So you're going to get absolute control on this uh, solution. It can be deployed in Kubernetes or Docker. And also, in order to uh, get the user identity, Securpy is integrated with most of the uh, authentication tools, such as uh, Active Directory, Okta, et cetera. And all the metadata that we are collecting as part of the request and the response, um, we can provide you advanced analytics on this. And you can always um, export that outside to a SIM integration, get alerts, et cetera. And the biggest uh, differentiation on the security piece, which Michael explained earlier, is the uh, Hayok, H-Y-O-K, which customers can hold their own keys in their environment without sharing the keys with the cloud host providers. The key is going to be uh, segregated from the compute 
and the data will be decrypted on a need-to-know basis only from an authorized uh, application with SecuPy signature. So everything from mainframe to cloud in between, protect and control all the data. Awesome. Thank you so much, Atalia. I feel like you guys do it all. Once you have SecuPy, you don't need anybody else. <laughs> we hope so, yes. Um, I like I like uh, agent's comment here. He's saying like MFA, HYOK, hold your own key, means only legitimate users can see what they should see. Um, Correct. And, yeah, that's Think about uh, cloud, uh, cloud solutions, which some of them really great in the market. They're doing uh, encryption uh, once the data lands on... Um, on, on, on the cloud environment, on the file level. But if I'm an account admin, I can access to my um, account in my cloud account and I can see the data in the clear because I'm the account admin. With SecuPy, that will never gonna happen because as Michael explained, we are encrypting the data at rest before it leaves your own premises environment. Mm -hmm. So the decryption will be only on the application uh, layer. Okay, yeah, and I actually I had a, a question about that, and you might have mentioned it, and maybe I missed it, but let's say I, I'm a company, I have data, and I need to obfuscate some of that data and encrypt it, um, and then if I'm going to do that before it goes to any of the BI tools, does that mean I only do this once, and then when I'm using that data with Click, Power BI, or Tableau, for example, uh, I don't have to redo that process over and over again? Correct. Uh, you need to... Uh ingest uh, your data only when it's a new data and the policies will already be configured. So mm -hmm. as long as you're keeping your structure, you don't need to do any change. Okay, awesome, thank you. Uh, Michael, throwing it yeah. back over to your screen. Sure, the, um, so you're up. This, is, uh, this scenario you were kind of just alluding to is one which is common amongst uh, many existing Click customers who may not yet even be using uh, cloud-based uh, data analytics databases. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not uncommon for uh, a lot of the older Click customers and the managed ones as well. I'm sure differentiate many customers who might extract from their systems a record into a Click tier and then down into uh, QVD files. And QVD files then using it kind of like a logical data warehouse. So that first tier may be just extraction into the sort of QVD library, and then you could transform the data and make it more analytics ready, dimensionalize it, clean it up, add more fields to it. So the with uh, SecuPy, you could do this without replication, without necessarily a cloud database. You uh, would leverage the SecuPy add-on, the server-side extension, to encrypt the uh, sensitive data as it was ingested, maybe that's incremental extractions from the systems of record down into the, the first QVDs you see on the sort of just to the center left at the bottom. So from that moment onwards, that data is protected. Even if it goes through the middle tier of transformation into other uh, QVD files or other tables uh, where the data is being made, say, for example, more dimensional to make it simpler to analyze in a BI tool, uh, only at the point when it's actually being visualized, it could then be decrypted. And whether it was being visualized using Click or visualized with another product, it's that moment, uh, that final moment in between from the moment it left the uh, the systems of record on the left to the moment it's actually delivered to the right and correctly authorized people on the right, uh, it's secured at rest. Makes sense? The, uh, yeah. To actually even see that, that flow, I can sneak into a, a few more pictures that going to avoid the demo gods and do it with PowerPoint. The, um, this was a screenshot of uh, Click Replicate, where you identify uh, source and target databases and choose which tables you wanted to copy, uh, perhaps you know, in real time with change data capture. 
In this case, I've highlighted the contact name field. And rather than just copying the contact name field from you know, source to target, I've applied a transformation that is performing format preserving encryption on it. So the source field was 30 characters, the target field's 30 characters. But what's going to get delivered, you can see, for example, there uh, in the parse expression on the right, I've typed my name in, and the results of that transformation will be that fairly junky string you see there below test expression. That's what will be delivered into the target database. So if I was, say, uploading into Snowflake, my customer table, I've chosen to obscure the company name, contact name, address, but I've left the city, region, country available because maybe I'm going to perform some country-level analytics, uh, perfectly reasonable. Uh, contact title is not very sensitive, so I've left that unencrypted. But in the red, that data has landed in the database, encrypted, and nobody can extract any meaning from it unless they come through uh, an interface that has access to that key, and that key is on-premise. Mm. Uh, so then in ClickSense itself, actually, I might even just jump right into ClickSense, see how well I can do a live demo. The, uh, here's a, a very simple <laughs> retail data model in ClickSense. And my customer's table has, you can see, the customer company name, contact name, address. These are not usable data. Uh, but if I'm actually performing some analytics, maybe I had something like uh, I've discovered there's going to be a product recall of uh, a seafood product in, ooh, this is why you avoid the demo gods, isn't it? The, um, <laughs> all right, all right. the, um, oops, wrong, one more. Whilst you're just waiting for that, Michael, actually, I was going to say, um, talking about this this whole issue with, with QVDs and um, data going into QVDs, before we even start talking about cloud and things, yeah. Morning, one of the calls that I had from a customer was um, slightly frustrated. I won't mention the customer on the call, but frustrated because they've, they've got back in the organization now and they've done lots and lots of work in preparing the, the data um, to, to make it accessible um, and ready for analytics. And, and IT have come along and said, You can't have that data. Which, which is really frustrating for them because it means that they're so limited in what they can actually. Um, analyze and i've already presented this morning you know sacrifice a potential option for them because you've got these people in the middle who are desperate to make a difference for the organization and drive true business transformation but they're, they're being stopped from accessing data because everyone is obviously so so scared of uh, the ramifications of, of breaching any um whether it's gdpr or other compliance laws yeah. um this is a, a perfect solution for them it means they don't have to they don't have to be strangled they don't have to and, you know, be holding themselves back from really exploring their organization end to end. And at the same time, they can be safe. You know, data is literally only going to be in the hands of the people that actually really need it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, imagine, say, offshoring your BI development. You, these guys need access to meaningful data, but they really don't need to see the sensitive stuff. So you can give them access to a database full of you know, protected information or even QVD files containing protected information. They can build the content. And when you provide access to your employees, you could allow the authorization model you know, to actually decode and unprotect that data as needed. Here, I'm going to have the, um, you know, I needed to, I've discovered that European customers, so I applied a bookmark to choose my European countries. I'm just going to drill into seafood products. And the uh, we've discovered the Carnarvon tigers, sort of a big prawns or something, uh, have to be recalled. Uh, so we need to find the customers who've been buying them. So our most recent data set, uh, 1998, so this is a very simple little database. 
I can see there were some transactions. If I can now drill across to my, uh, my customer detail view, I'll be able to see, because I've you know, isolated that smaller uh, sample set. And even though my customer company name and uh, contact names were encrypted, you can still see them here from directly from the physical data model, you know, meaningless information they're showing in clear text here. So now I can actually, because I'm authorized to, on a need to know basis, get the actual details of the people who've been performing those transactions, not just the fact you know, that certain countries have been buying certain volumes of different kinds of food category. And that's actually achieved using a, basically a calculated dimension. Uh, because the PII's, it's not really dimensional, it's more what Kim will call a degenerate dimension. You might use a calculated measure instead. Um, and that's yeah, implemented directly in the document. The, uh, so uh, I'll be happy to add just one comment uh, on this because I saw one uh, question here in the chat uh, regards to uh, HSM uh, service. Uh, so the way that we are doing the encryption and decryption, we are providing uh, a capability to uh, have keeper column and we're not an HSM uh, service. Uh, Secupy does provide uh, its own key store if you would like to use it, but we also integrate with external HSM and KMS. So uh, for security-wise, you, you can have this flexibility to have specific key for, for every column and being even more secure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I pulled up the column. I was saving questions, Italia. You beat me to it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for addressing that. Um, and uh, thank you guys for providing the, the demo. I think it always helps for the audience to see what we're talking about, as long as we're not showing it the entire time. Um, that was really helpful, at least for me, to, to show that flow. Um, there was a question here from Divya uh, in terms of how does federated learning fit here? You might have to explain to me what federated yeah. learning is. <laughs> Divya, maybe you want to uh, clarify, but um, I think this is when we separate data sets and uh, it relates to machine learning and deep learning. Could could be taking us a bit off topic. So happy to move on to another question. But Divya, if you want to provide more clarification or ask the question in a different way, we'll be we'll be happy to try and address that. Um, a question that I personally had when you were both providing your demo is, how does the assignment of access actually work, right? Like, how do we know that maybe Donna has access, but Kate does not when we're visualizing that data? This is a great one, and this is exactly what you are getting with uh, the Secupy platform. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll be happy to share with you how the, the GUI, the user interface of uh, the product uh, looks like. So we can go over um, the functionalities that you can see in the GUI and what exactly you can do. So I will just do it now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. And um, what we'll be able to see here, this is the user interface of uh, the SecuPy, and it divided for several components to manage the SecuPy server. And in our config tab, this is the, the main tab to configure all the uh, policies and the row level security, as you mentioned, how do I know uh, who is accessing the data, who is allowed to access the data, et cetera. So yeah. we can apply those policies uh, among four different uh, ways because we're sitting in between the, the user and the database. So policies can be applied as part of the user request, data request, data response, and the user response. This is how we can capture the user's attributes as part of the user request. 
and then to use those attributes as part of my data request to rewrite the query to check if it's an authorized user uh, mm -hmm. or to even block uh, this request. And because we are integrating with those uh, authentication tools, uh, we are doing this mapping inside of Secupy. We're getting the role, and then we need to configure in our role mapping if this is an authorized or non-authorized uh, user. Based on that, we can define in our resource access the data mapping flow, our uh, data protection among those uh, PII data, and to classify every column with sensitivity and data format. The data format will be the actual rewriter, how we would like to uh, protect the data at rest or uh, in transit. And the sensitivity uh, will be uh, a score for this column. Those all parameters can uh, be very, very uh, good for you to get this database activity and monitoring. As part of our dashboards, we can see here that we're gonna get full uh, visibility for internally who who was touching my data, uh, which sensitive data was exposed, exactly the user that was touching the data, how many rows, what was the IP that the user um, tried to access from. And when we're gonna get to one of the transaction uh, more in depth, we can see that I can get forensics capability about this request. I know exactly the, the, the query that was executed by whom, what time, what was the role exactly how we applied our protection. And the most important thing will be here, the risk scoring. Every transaction will get this risk scoring. This risk scoring is calculated by SecuPy based on the sensitivity parameter that you saw earlier, the classification and the number of the rows. And this is how we can understand if there is a suspicious request. Somebody is trying to steal my data. Uh, Somebody is trying to run unauthorized request. And this is one of the biggest challenges today because especially those admin users, those high-privileged users that has the right to do basically everything that they want with the system and those internal breaches that happened, um, I think, last year in Capital One. When person had the whole right to run certain queries, this person stole the data. Nobody knew about that. By having this risk scoring, then you can configure with SecuPy some policies even to block a request if it's a suspicious request with a high sensitivity scoring. Or let's say there are some activities that you don't want to block, but you want to be aware about them. You can configure some alerts regards those uh, measurements based on high sensitivity requests. Or sometimes you want to know when somebody access customer's data. This is something that I'm very sensitive in my organization. Those alerts can pop internally at Secupy as part of our dashboards in our analytical alerts can be classified based on that specific alert. And those alerts can pop outside of Secupy, integrating with SIM integration, uh, getting an email for the uh, sysadmin, et cetera. All those um, capabilities that will help organization to protect uh, from themselves. And also let's say that you found this suspicious alert about uh, a user, then you can dive in into user behavior analytics and see uh, further information. Let me take you to an environment that I collected a lot of data, because of course this UBA model is gonna be built uh, as long as you will consume more and more data. So if I'm gonna take an example here, a user, um, let me take uh, Jack, one of my users, and here I can choose um, a time frame that I would like to get analytics. So this is in the last uh, three months, I think. Six months, all right. And then we can see here uh, analytics 
of the user, the blue line, compared to the user peers. And to say, if this user is uh, trying to, to do any malicious activities, to run here uh, additional um, analytics uh, tools to see uh, the user compared to the medium in different aspects, and basically to see all the user activity uh, in that six months period. This data is never erased unless you decided to flush it out. And this is very interesting because think about it. Today, the user maybe consume the data from ClickSense, but maybe tomorrow the user will consume the data from Tableau. Today, the user were trying to touch the data stored at Snowflake, and tomorrow the user is trying to touch the data stored at Oracle. Everything will be audited and monitored within a singular platform within one user interface. And you can wow. always, yes, and you can always take those um, data outside and run advanced analytics to understand your internal security. Natalia, this is awesome. I'm so glad that you showed us this um, actual user interface in a dashboard because for me, it truly helped me understand and grasp what exactly you do for clients and how you can actually help them see what other people are doing with their data or what they're trying to do. Uh, a bunch of questions came up while you were showing me this and I tried to stay on mute to let you kind of run through everything. Um, one of the questions I had was, let's say you find a user that is not behaving the way they're supposed to. Jack, Jack has gone crazy. Jack is trying to get all your private data uh, from the company. What can you do at that point from Secify? Can you just cut them off completely? Can you just say no more data? Mm -hmm. You can okay. suspend. You can suspend the user, but the best thing to do is to be aware that this activity is happening before it really happened. And this mm -hmm. is why exactly when you capture this rescoring as part of the request, you can decide to suspend this request, and the user will never be exposed to this activity that he is trying to do. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's really cool. I think it's so helpful to have the alerts and to have this dashboard. Um, my, my other question here was, who do you see from your clients that actually use the dashboard? Is it the information security team? Is it the, the chief data officer in their team? Or who's actually using this? So this is a good question. And I don't have a single uh, response for it because um, security with different uh, companies is um, managed a bit differently. So of course that the InfoSec team will always gonna be involved. Uh, but then in some companies, the CISO will use that, some companies, the DPO, and some people that managing the platform, if it's in the architecture team, the IT. So all those components will probably gonna be any visibility to the SecuPy dashboards. Okay, awesome, thank you. We actually had a question here coming from Frederick. He's asking, if importing the same data multiple times, will the obfuscated data stay the same? avoiding duplicates in a restarted batch jobs as an example. If not, could you elaborate on the encryption salt? Importing the same data. Um, so Multiple. first, uh, if you import the same data, um, we can use uh, uh, the CDC capability with Click, for example. We, we want to import the entire data. We're just going to bring the, the changes, right? Um, so while you're going to apply your policies on the same table once, every time that you will ingest more and more data, you're still going to have the same security. You don't need to do any change. Yeah, the, yeah. So there's a format preserving encryption algorithm applied to the data, and that's going to be, I believe, consistent for that particular uh, piece of data. So my name, I think, will continue to be uh, encrypted, to the, as far as I know, to the same format. Correct. Think, uh, imported multiple times. 
one column as identifier of specific uh, format, so it will keep the same. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, thank you for that. And uh, Adrian says, de-risking commercial data means it has no ransomware value. Imagine that. So uh, who wants to address that? Why, why do we care about ransomware value? I've got an answer to that one, actually, um, from a, a real-life example. One of my my favorite customers, although I'll say I don't have Oh, no, it's not. Right? <laughs> one of my absolute favorite customers in the UK um, was very heartbreakingly subjected to a, a ransomware attack earlier this year. Um, and the, the fallout from it was was enormous. We, we were able to very quickly help them um, as far as our services went for them to, to get them back on board as quickly as possible and get them live from an analytical perspective again. Um, but it, it, it took weeks, you know, for them to actually really recover from that. And in terms of um, having SecuPy in place, that would have just really made all the difference because, um, well, it would have had no value. The amount of time they had to invest on actually checking whether or not there'd been a data breach because that was something they, they weren't completely sure of and um, you know they would have been sure with SecuPy without a doubt they would have had to spend all that time with the ICO getting somebody in to check everything and just make sure that there hadn't been a breach we're talking very 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 sensitive data with this, this specific customer so um, it would have been brilliant uh, and talking about another customer um, a high profile one that is actually in the public domain not a, a differential customer, but there was a, a hack with Talk years ago, um, very high profile case where, um, you know, thousands of customers had their, their data stolen and then those customers were actually subjected to, again, relentless attacks from these hackers claiming to be Talk Talk and, and scamming these individuals. And whilst Talk Talk in, in the public domain were fined around, around about 400,000 UK pounds, um, a study at a later date showed that the actual cost of that hack um, was 77 million because of the compensation and everything and obviously having to, you know, um, and by the way, SecuPy doesn't cost 77 million. So if we had that, it would be the difference. Um, so when you, you think about your external um, threats could potentially cost you 77 million imagine what your internal threats uh, could do as well people like we say these you know highly privileged admin so much data um that occupies the answer it, it really is it's more than just firewalls it, it's it, it really is the answer but um yeah i'll, I'll hand back sorry i can talk for whales <laughs> Oh, no, no, Donna, you're, you're all good. Uh, um, I actually am going to start to wrap up the session. I just realized we're almost up at the hour mark. I always have so much fun with these sessions that time literally flies. And I'm like, okay, we still have 40 minutes. And I'm like, oh, wait, we're at time. Um, but as we wrap up, Donna, I just want to, you know, maybe start with you and ask, what do you think people should take away from our session here today? And then also, uh, where can people go to learn more about the friendship consulting, what you guys do? Where can they go to continue this conversation? Okay, well, um, again, I'm I'm not technical, but what I would definitely say the, the key takeaways are from from today are, um, you know, it's a, it's a centrally managed and consistently applied purpose-based field 
you know, it's you've seen everything in both Michael's and uh, Italia's demos. Uh, how simple yet powerful this this product is. Um, it is platform agnostic. I know that we've talked a lot about Click today, but that's because of the the three way partnership. Um, so it, it is platform agnostic. I'd I definitely say um, it's it's powerful with the the user analysis that you can do when Italia was showing us that you know the risk scoring but actually looking at what individual users have potentially been doing so again helping you assess your internal risks and, and where they may lie within the company that's that's fantastic and, and there's no code changes so we were able to not once but twice do some some demos on uh, on a live session which is is brilliant I'm really happy with that so uh, from my perspective, if anybody's interested in anything that we've discussed today, um, we'd be more than happy to, to do a one-to-one -one demo. Um, not me, because I actually don't know how it all works. I just love the product. Um, but we can get somebody from the, the team to do a one-to-one -one evaluation of what your environmental requirements are. Just drop us a, a note to uh, info at differentiation. And we'd be really happy to organize that for you. Awesome. So it's info at differentia.consulting. I'll put that in the chat um, while I'll pass it over. Yeah, thank you, Don. I'll pass it over to Nicole. Where can people go to to catch up with you and continue the conversation? Uh, yeah, they can directly reach, reach out to me through LinkedIn. But I think the key takeaway uh, for me uh, in this session is, as what Donna mentioned, uh, a lot of time our focus is mainly on the external threats and uh, we do not have that much of internal governance. Uh, I think uh, uh, this particular integration brings uh, that matter into the into focus and we can really implement that governance that we should be having. And coming from a financial background as a system admin, I know what all access I used to have. <laughs> so, uh, I think it completely makes sense. So, yeah. I, I agree with you. I also spent uh, several years in the financial background. And um, I mean, I think for the most part, most organizations really need to get their act together to avoid bad actors uh, having yeah. access to their data internally and externally. Uh, but thank you for that, Nicole. Um, Atalia, where can people go to learn more and continue the conversation? Um, so first of all, you can uh, check uh, our website, sekipai.com, uh, and you can reach us in LinkedIn, and uh, you can send us an email in sales at sekipai.com. Uh, we'll be more than happy to have additional discussions to um, provide you uh, a one-on-one -on -one demo, a customized demo for your needs. Um, feel free to reach us and connect with me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, Michael? Yep. Similarly, I have my LinkedIn profile, um, but yeah, and people can reach me directly if they want. I'll route most questions around this particular case via Differentia. So you know, info at uh, differentia.consulting. And uh, I'm sure Differentia will bring me in for anything that I'm needed. Awesome. Thank you for that. And actually, Adrian also put the, the email in the comments. Thank you, Adrian. So info at differentia.consulting for any comments or questions. Uh, at this point, I really want to thank all of you guys for getting together here and you know educating the live audience and this is recorded so people can watch this after as well on the dangers of having bad actors access to your data um honestly i think my favorite parts were the live dem demos and i'm going to encourage those going forward in the in the linkedin lives because you get to actually see the product you get to play with the user interface and nothing broke so yay that was great <laughs> um thank you all again and uh i wish you you know have a great rest of your day
Thanks, Kate. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thanks, all. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye.